Welcome to the Draw.Fit Podcast, your weekly dose of fantasy footy content. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Draft Doctors. I'm your host Stevie Fizz and we've got a special show. It's one of the people's favourites, you the listener. Statesman is back with his 22 under 22. Just another idea we've stolen from other places. Uh, but it's great to get the great man's take on some of the young talent going around today. And welcome back to him. He's, he's travelled halfway across the country and back. Somehow slipped through all the state borders with many arrest warrants pending, no doubt. Stato, good to see you. Yeah, it's great to be back. And my favourite show, to be honest, too. Um, I, I've always loved my keeper stuff. And look, this this episode, uh, which I think we this is our fifth year, I think, which is um, quite remarkable that we've been doing this. But um was originally stolen from Footy Rhino. Um, so when Rhino used to do um, uh, his uh, fantasy podcasts um, back in the day, um, this was what he used to do. But I, I think it was 23 under 21 sort of scenario, but it was all based on the gut feel. So how he sort of viewed how they were going. So mine's very data-driven. So for those that haven't listened to this podcast before, this is actually all about the raw data that we've received. So when we're looking at our 22 players under 22, to actually be part of the data collect, you actually have to have scored a tonne. So that's the key component that helps this data fall into place. So some really good players and future keepers that will be absolutely fantastic, but they haven't been able to have the role or the opportunity to score a ton yet. So these are just purely those players that have got that data set available. Yeah, no, look, it's um, it's always good to go on on the evidence you've collected, and obviously it changes as trades happen and, and players develop and all that sort of stuff. Uh, a few things did happen since the last podcast. There was, um, you know, congratulations to whoever won the final and all the medals and all that sort of stuff. Um, the season finale was great. We look forward to the cast members changing. The producers are going to slightly alter the rules next season. Whoa, whoa Ed, sorry, I was I was thinking of a reality TV show there. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, fellas, definitely, definitely different. Uh, Michael Voss was hired as the Carlton coach. Wow. I can't believe that, to be honest. Like, the people... For, and, and everyone was... And Carlton people were happy. I remember what uh, directly followed after Michael Voss's tenure at Brisbane was bad. I remember mm. they gave away first-round draft picks like it was um, chewing gum or something. Uh, so, interesting. We'll see how that plays out. Maybe he's, he's obviously older and wiser and learnt more. Uh, things. Well, I think he finally got the apprenticeship that he really should have had before he first took on the job. Yeah. So we'll see how that shapes out. There's certainly got some talent on that list. Uh, and John Elliott died. Uh, one of those larger-than-life figures. Mm. So, uh, ah, but people die. People die. <laughs> they do. Well, I mean, it's funny. It's like Good the, point, Steve. The, Good the, point. COVID, the COVID, it's like, well, I'm double-vaxxed now. I will never die. Um you know, people people are gonna people are gonna die, unfortunately. Um, but as we have to, we'll move into the show. Stato, you're gonna roll us back from twenty two, I assume. Um, get the feeling there's gonna be a Western Victorian 
sitting at the pointy end of your list, not to give anything away, but Western Victorians are the better people in this world. Yeah, and that seems to change depending on where you're living in any given week, to be honest there, mate, um, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I should give a couple of call-outs. So there, there are unfortunate players that miss. So um, the two that just missed this list are Orion Burns for St Kilda and Nick Cox for Essendon. And I think both are going to be uh, racing up those rankings next year. So Coxie's uh, right at the bottom age of this uh, little cheat sheet and Burnsy's only one year older. So Burnsy's got another season on here and Coxie's got another two. So no doubt we'll be listing Coxie next year. I like Burns as a player. Yeah, he does look good. Yeah, yep. just um, does look good. Before we keep going, um, this is the AFL Fantasy format. What's your age cutoff? Just to just to clear that up. Yeah, so it's um, a year of birth that I work it off. So um, the oldest year of birth is 2000. So your Bailey Smiths, who just completed their third season, are the oldest players on this list. So uh, anyone that's born 2000, 2001 and 2002 are in this category. So they've either had one year of AFL football, two or three. Very good. Beautiful. So starting off, so I might get you to pass your thoughts on the player once I go through the data and just whereabouts you think you would uh, take them or if you would take them, to be fair, if you were drafting a brand new startup, Keeper League, Steve. So number 22, and I will say massive fall from grace this season. And the biggest reason is he didn't play a single game. You don't collect much um, data when you're not on the ground. Correct. So what happens is his age gets higher. Unfortunately, all these good kids have been jumping on the top of him. This is his last year in this model. So he just completed his third season and played zero games. And that's Jackson Hately, who was actually just outside the top 10 last year. Um, he uh, he only played 13 games in his first three seasons, which is quite remarkable, and only gave us uh, the one look in last year, which was actually a BCV ton. Um, so really not that impressive. So I don't know what happened at Adelaide. I only hope that there is a fair bit of education of what they expect for his role. But the more good kids they bring in, the less likely he going to find to get into that top 22. What do you think of Jackson Hately? Well, he's, he's certainly going to draft him at some point just based on hope and opportunity. Um, yeah, he's an interesting one because they're going to have good players come back into that team this year as well as uh, the, yeah. the young kids you're talking about. So he's an interesting guy. Uh, they've probably got Sloan who's going to move on within the next couple of years maybe sooner, who knows. Um, yeah, he's an interesting one. Yeah, I think his lack of pace might be the real issue. So you're going to play Hately or you're going to play Matt Crouch. So it's a little bit too much of the same, and I don't really think he's a true outside player. And now they're going to get Dawson, and they've already got the, the man of seed and, and a few other good kids coming through there. I just find it really hard for him to knock into that 22. So I'm a little bit suspect on where he's at. Yeah, and look, injuries 
help those sort of players. Um, yeah, you, you're probably not picking him early. You pick him at the back end. Um, probably more of an AFL fantasy player, I would imagine. Um, yeah, th- th- that's probably where it is. Yeah, absolutely. So number twenty-one was a latecomer, and uh, a bit of a Sam Mitchell special from the Box Hill Hawks is Jai Newcomb. He only actually played the five games, but smashed out a nice big ton um, with some defensive pressure. I think he gave 14 tackles for that game, so he knows how to build a bit of a score. So uh, just the one ton, but only five games, so that's not a bad result. So Jay, uh, Jai Newcomb, be interesting to see, seeing Sam Mitchell was the one that actually uh, got them to draft him in the mid-season draft, or whether he hangs on to a midfield role at the Hawks. Yeah, again, it's probably like Haley, but maybe with a bit clearer path to opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next one at 20 is Jai Cordwell. Now, the Raps have been on this boy for quite a few years, finally got his opportunity uh, to play in the midfield by moving from GWS uh, down to Essendon. He's only played the 13 games. So Haightley and Cordwell, the two big midfielders that GWS brought in that draft year, both played um, their third season or completed their third season on an AFL list, and both of them only played 13 games. He did score a ton round one this year and then promptly got injured and was out for the rest of the season. Um, certainly got some hype, certainly got some speed. Where do you think Jai Cordwell lands? It's an interesting one. Um, does he have positional status um, or forward status, I should say? Uh, again, I think he's, he's probably got a better name than, say, someone like a John Newcomb. So he probably yep. goes before them. But again, it seems like a muddled team, Essendon. I'm not saying they're a bad team. It seems like a team that's hard to pin down from a fantasy coach perspective because I would imagine if you knew what was going on inside the coach's mind, inside the four walls, um, you'd have a better idea about who to draft. But they put a lot of guys through the midfield. Um, they got some talented players on the wings. Not everyone can get in there, as we know. I feel like they would have brought him in for a reason, though. Yeah, absolutely. It's quite amazing that we're talking a side that was in the hunt for a, a good midfielder for quite a few years. And now it seems like they've got too many. So even Dylan Shield wasn't playing in the midfield later on in the season. They still had Corbell out. Yeah, it's an interesting mix they got down there. It's a talented mix. True, true. All right, we might move on to number 19, and I reckon this one has got some real upside, but the issue will be he'll be mid only from now on by the look of it. I'm talking... Lachlan Scholes, another one of those outside runners for the Adelaide Football Club, which might hurt Jackson Haightley. He's now played 27 games. He has given us three tonnes and also a 120-plus score. So that's a tonne every nine games. So starting off in your first three seasons, that is a pretty good ratio. So I think he's got a, still got a fair bit of growth. Uh, I won't say he's averaging really high, but he has shown us a ceiling last season. Lockie Shoal, what's your thoughts? Yeah, the losing position, uh, not going to help. Again, they got guys coming back. Uh, Are they going to be a good team in the short term? 
probably not. Uh, I know a lot of marks left that team with uh, Tom Lynch leaving, but you know Crouch, Miller, um, like you said, Haitley. It's it's going to be an in, it's it's an interesting team. Yeah, I, I like Shoal. Shoal's good though. Like you know. Oh, yep, Dawson, totally agree with Dawson. It. Dawson, like, ah, yeah, it's interesting. I think he's a right player for them to pick up, but mm. but just where they play in will be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think they might use him off the halfback flank. I'd bet my life on it, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's fair. Um, the top eighteen are superb on this list, so we've gone through the scratchy ones. So the next one who I've got big hopes for is Will Day. So just the 16 games in his first two seasons, yes, a little bit of injury concern this year, but what he's shown is a real skinny lad, looks very promising. So another off-season in the gym, I think Will Day is going to come back an absolute star. So sitting in 18th position, only 16 games, only the one ton, but a lot of promise. Will Day, what's your thoughts? Yeah, like him. And it's a team I'd target if I found a player I liked, Hawthorne. Um, yeah. Yeah. They've, they've got quite a few sort of halfback flankers, so no wonder Graves got delisted. They've just got so many. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he he moved to the wing. Wing, yeah, yep. I agree, I agree. Um, and he's going to have some game on the wing too. So the next one, he probably my mind was he was going to be top five uh, in his last season on this list, but he's dropped all the way down to seventeen. Now injury's got a fair part of this, but there's no one disputing his talent. That's kind of rose. So we're talking, he's now played 55 games, a very experienced player. So he's ready to explode as long as his body is good. We're looking at four tons and one 120-plus score. So that's pretty big, but it is still only one ton for every 14 games he's played. So certainly hasn't lived up to the hype yet. But we've seen the class, but we know his body was massively impacted during the preseason this year. So we didn't get to see the best of Connor. But I think we will in the future. He's an interesting guy. Do you see his future in any one spot in particular? Or is he going to be that classic plays forward, plays stints in the midfield, can't be good for your consistency doing that? but. Yeah. Yeah, it's just got that class you want around goal. So he's going to have that. He's going to have years like Michael Walters where he has his peaks and troughs, a couple of injuries, spends a bit more time in the midfield. So I don't think he's ever going to be that really um, a player that has a really consistent scoring line. I think he's always going to be a bit of a yo-yo, but I think his floor will increase and so will his ceiling. He's going to win your games. He, he feels to me like uh, before Isaac Heaney started missing games, like that guy who you ranked at like five every year in the forward line, but eventually finished like eight or nine because other guys got the midfield role. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So moving on to number 16, and God, I was impressed with this boy. Second year on the list this year, um, got his time in the midfield, although we'll keep forward status for a little bit longer yet. 
But as some of those old soldiers start to move on, I can see with his clearance work this year that he is going to get bulk midfield time. Only played the 14 games, two in his first year, 12 last season, all the season just completed. That's Chad Warner for the Sydney Swans. This boy is going to be a ripper. Yeah, you're pretty hot on Warner. Why don't you? Yeah. Oh, love, love the boy. Um, Just his clearance rate. So uh, I would say, so Connor and Chad, I think, are quite similar players, but I think Chad's a better midfielder and Connor is a better forward. Yeah, and it seems like there's just going to be all that opportunity up at Sydney. Port, Port, Port look a great side, so they can probably feed Rosie when he's forward and he'll score well, whereas um, Sydney, yeah, it looks like he'll be be stuck in that guts. Yep, yep. And he'll keep his forward line next year. So his third-year breakout season, he's actually going to be listed as a forward. So uh, he'll be um, making a lot of draft owners very happy next season. There's no doubts about that. Uh, next up, 15, and uh, what a run it was in the second half of the season. Uh, moving into the midfield, only averaged the, the 69, but his second half of the year was more around the 80 to 85 mark. So it's a fair bit of growth. Again, only his second uh, year on the list at Adelaide. Gave us two tonnes later in the year and showed us a fair bit. He's going to remain a forward but he's going to play in the guts, and that's Harry Schoenberg. Yeah, he probably, um, out of the guys we've talked about so far, he's probably the guy who who fantasy coaches would be the keenest on, I'd imagine. Maybe Rosie, but um, yeah, he looks the goods, good numbers, good um, contestant numbers uh, in that back half. So with the opportunity, it's an int- again, it's an interesting team. Like yeah. The guys who played midfield for him, they, they played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Much improved year from Adelaide too. So when you think what they were giving us last season, so 2020, um, much different this year. So you can see the growth. You can see the kids. Um, yeah, so quite impressive by him. So moving on to number 14, probably another one I was expecting uh, to be a little bit further up the list. But again, injury hurt his year. Uh, he's played a total of 42 games in his three years on the list. He's given us four tons, uh, but I will say most of that action was in the previous season. Uh, but Xavier Dersma, I, I really think, is going to be that 90 to 95 averaging mid. I don't think he's going to be a world breaker, but he's going to be really good depth. So a, a, a D6 sort of mark in most people's lists. Yeah, I, I quite like. Sorry, him. M M six. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I quite like him, and and again, that's that's where he is. Um, if Porter up, he'll be good. If Porter down, or maybe, um, yeah, he, maybe he doesn't have the consistency. But I, yeah, I like him, and they look like yeah. they'll be good for a while. There's a lot of young talent on that list. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next one, number thirteen, is unlucky for some, but I'm really keen on this boy. First year, uh, so drafted November last year and uh, very impressive debut gave us two tons nice and early in the season he come from a, a big fantasy background in the under 18s model and that's uh, Tom Powell at uh, North Melbourne I think he's going to be a huge ball winner 
Yeah, he's interesting. He's interesting, isn't he? There's a lot of um, high-end talent, looks like, set to arrive at North Melbourne as well. Yeah. They've got... Um, so many midfielders. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting team. I'm not... Yeah, I don't know. It's not a team yeah. I will really feel confident in in these guys. Again, I don't know what's happening there. Yeah, who's going to get the role? I think Tommy Powell's going to be one of their stars. So I think him and, was it Phillips? So I think in three years' time, those two will be uh, sharing the load with Simpkin and possibly LDU. I want to see LDU take another step, but, God, it's been four years. He had his games this year, though. That's what I mean. And they're probably going to Mm. add the the guy from South Australia, was Horn. Horn Francis, yeah, Horn, um, and and Thomas, like, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of mouths to feed. There is a lot of mouths to feed, but I do like Tommy Powell. And someone's going like to someone's going to have to move to half back, right? Once these old guys fall off. Yeah, yeah, I I do think people like Anderson um, are going to get pushed out of this team sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's fair. Yeah, it's an interesting situation, North. You're right. They've picked a lot of midfielders. They probably should have got a key defender at last year's draft if you listen to the Listics show. Great show. You should have a listen to that. Moving on to number 12, uh, and didn't excite us all in the second half of the season, is first year uh, getting game time. I do apologise. I think he actually got uh, one or two games in his first season uh, and got another nine games this season has given us two tonnes, including one over 120. And that's Jeremy Sharp at Gold Coast. Yeah, one of my, our, and your Gold Coast sons absolutely lit yep. it up. He <laughs> did? Yeah, I, I like them. They're going places. Finals next year, Stato. Finals. Yeah. Oh, well, I think they should be pushing it. It's interesting because they were, obviously their record was quite poor this year, but they were one of the highest kick-taking teams in the league this year. So they've really improved and maybe overdone it a little bit um, yep. with the possession of the ball. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do. I think they could take a step back uh, statistically to, to take a step forward in real football terms. Yeah. And, and I think they're going to have a similar problem to what North Melbourne's got. Yeah. So many midfielders. Oh, yeah, I might not see it the same way. Like, I can see some guys um, moving forward. Don't know whether that'll happen. But guys like Hugh Greenwood, like, once the kids develop, he'll go forward. Like, that, that'll that mm. happen. I, I don't know. Mm. He looks yeah, good. very interesting Gold Coast. He does. He's, he's got a game and uh, was a high-quality junior. Uh, the next one, uh, surprise, had a good run. Uh, in his first season of footy. So uh, I think, yeah, he's the second highest rank uh, new player on the list. Uh, and it's Caleb Poulter uh, for Collingwood Footy Club. Gave us two tons. Um, looked quite impressive. Found space. So he was getting in that uh, outside game running. So a lot of mark kick. The old plus six model working for him there. Average 63 in his first year, which included two tons. He's got some promise, this boy. Yeah, it's probably shocking to have him, to, to hear his name called this high, but he, he was good. 
You could yep, use him in his was. first year, which which is interesting because we're talking about all these kids. A lot of them have missed some junior footy with the the COVIDness. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. There's so it's a he, good team to be a young player in, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So he just pipped Jeremy Sharp. Now they've both played uh, the same amount of games, eleven games. Both gave the same amount of tons in two so far. So they're averaging a ton every 5.5 games, which is a very good start to the career. The difference is uh, Caleb Poulter is one year younger than Jeremy Sharp. So it was Jeremy's second year on the list. So it's the only reason he picked him. So we're just about to head into the top 10, and I can say all these top 10s are ripper. So I looked at the previous list. There was always one or two shady in there. So Braden Fiorini. Um <laughs> Oh no! You've you know, done him dirty. Is, you've done him yeah, dirty. Well, <laughs> is he going to get in the twenty-two sort of scenario? That question. Charlie Constable is is sort of sat in that top ten. I think he hit number seven, but that's where the data um, placed him. Well, I think that's so, interesting, Stata, because we haven't we had Heffon from the Keeper League a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking yeah. about these sort of players. That, that that happens to like the the Luke Dunstan when they come in they immediately yeah. perform because they get the right role and whether they're an automatic keeper or or not and it's it's interesting because once they show something all the fantasy coaches are like oh he he's a jet right yeah jet and um and maybe the coaches don't see it the same way yeah absolutely absolutely all right, so top 10. Um, would have thought this boy was in the top three, uh, but he had a dismal year, uh, unfortunately. And uh, he slipped down to 10th position. You want to guess who it is? No, no, I don't. Oh, Matty Rao, Matty Rao. It is Matty Rao, correct. So he's only played the 17 games in his uh, two seasons um, and only given us the two tons. So started off remarkably well there's no doubts about that but then injured beginning of round four round five uh first season and this year is just underwhelming uh, again injury hit early so i think we can give him a bit of leniency so i think most people if if they were picking a keeper league from scratch would have matt Rao. um higher than a few others that we've got further up this list, but that's where the data lands him because of his poor season this year. You know, what I was thinking about it, Stato, is, um, you know, I'm a big NFL fan, is how often there's a generational running back. You've got to take this guy. He's the generational running back. And then there's yep. another player like it the next year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right? So, like, Matty Rao comes out and, and Sam Walsh comes out and the next year this... Horn Francis kid will come out and Nick Dacos. You, you know what I mean? They're all they're the best until twelve months later, right? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing the cycle how it happens. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think Rao's a really interesting one. He's he, someone's going to get him in your draft because they're going to they're going to bet on him. Um, mm. I've bet on him in our keeper league. I went after him with a trade this year, so um, I like the opportunity for him. By all accounts, he's very dedicated and that, that smart player and lives and breathes footy. So I've got no doubts he'll make the most of it. What that translates to, very interesting to see. I still love Noah Anderson. Yeah, yeah. No, that's absolutely fair. Uh, so moving on to number nine, um, 
second year on the list, and it was his push year this year, and really did give us some big scores. He's given us out of his thirty-three games, he's given us three tons, but three, or oh, sorry, two massive ones, so two over the one twenty mark. And I'm talking about your boy, Lockie Ash. It's a good call. Yeah, yeah, it was a good call. Yeah, it'd be interesting what they do with him going forward. Um, probably they tried him in the midfield with some roles. Um, hard to see him yeah. cracking in there once everyone's re-signed, though. But, but didn't he score really well when he was actually playing that halfback role rather than the time in the midfield? Yeah, he did. He did. So you like yeah. him, but uh, your guy, Isaac Cummings, seems to have uh, really stamped himself in yeah, the, true. In, as the main rebounder and, and intercept, well, maybe not interceptor, but certainly taking a lot of marks down there. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to number eight, it's my boy. Uh, wish he was up a little bit further on this list. Has shown great potential, but this year had some injuries to interfere it's his last year in this bracket, uh, so being eighth is a little bit disappointing. Wanted him to be in the top three. He's played 44 games. He's given us four tons and one massive, uh, showed us the ceiling game. Average 76 this year as a forward, uh, and I think that's well and truly unders. I'm probably expecting the 85 to 90 next year to really break through, and that's Zach Butters. Go hard, go early. Yep. God bless him. Love the yep. boy. Yep. Yeah, he's a ripper. Um, next one, I think, has shown us a little bit to love as well. Second year on the list, and he's playing in a club with a lot of midfielders, so he's got to push people out, which does mean at times he doesn't get selected in the best 22, but only his second season. The kid's a bull. He's played 23 games. He's given us four tons, so he's... He's tunning up every 5.8 games so far with limited midfield opportunities. It's a damn good sign, and I think he's going to be an absolute ripper, Tom Green. Yeah, you've you've hit the nail on the head. It's a tough team uh, to crack into. Um, yeah, we've sort of spoken about him a little bit, I think, in terms of what's going to happen from a fantasy point of view. Uh, he needs he needs the greatest haircut of all time in the AFL to to move on. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the the guy I see is the real problem is is Hopper. Yeah, they're very not, similar, aren't they? Then well, they're just not going to move him on. Yeah, like he's he. That, I would imagine they love him internally. He plays his role well. It's a tough one. Everyone sees the talent in Green. I think their biggest problem is that they seem to have four of the same type. So they've got Cogs, they've got Timmy T, they've got Hopper, and they've got Tom Green. Yeah. Yeah. and They're they're very similar. And I would say his kick-to-handball ratio really doesn't fill me with confidence as well Mm. from a week-to-week standpoint. Hmm. Interesting, but I can just see a couple of these moving on to other clubs over the next two or three years because they're just not getting the opportunity of the role that they want. But they're all top end class. Well, and then and then you got even guys behind them like Brun and that. Yeah, like yeah. What do you do? I I can see Green leaving GWS. Yeah, yeah. No, very true. Uh, okay, moving on to to sixth place. So this one we can call Dossie's boy, whoever that guy is. 
Uh, he's played 60 games. He's still a defender. Uh, be interesting to see if he keeps that rolling into next year because he did slide back in the second half of the season and play a bit more uh, on the half back line. Out of his 60 games, he's scored nine tons and two over 120. So that's a ton every 6.7 uh, game. So quite impressive from Jack Lacocious. Yeah, and the second half was nice too. Yeah. So, uh, if, yeah, we, we all had him pretty high heading into this year in a redraft. Looks like next year's the year. Yeah, 86 average this year. I, I think we're all going, ooh, it's a bit higher than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's a D2? Is it? Yeah, it's around that mark. Very, very back end of the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he's an interesting one. They sort of... um. Yeah, you got to like Powell, don't you, as well? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. But, but surely, surely Lukosius is the kick-out man from now on. Um, you, you've got to like him, another pre-season. Yep, no, absolutely. Um, going into fourth season, I just reckon he's ready to smash it. Um, so the next one is the top line of our first-year players. So in his first year... He played 17 games. He gave us four tons. So this is a ton every 4.3 games, which is quite remarkable when you're talking your first season. Average 73. He's has and will keep forward status. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Errol. Yeah, it's he's an interesting one, isn't he? Yeah. This boy can rack them up. So you're actually talking that when they went to the draft, basically people were talking about two players the Swans were going to get, and Errol was never included in that discussion. In fact, I think he was a third-round draft pick. And you look at his first three games and you go, this kid could have been number one. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I, only, I didn't even know who he was. I just saw him get named in salary cap. I'm like, yeah, you'll do. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy. But yeah, highly. Ta- it'd be interesting to see if he's actually ceiling um, is here. So whether he's just one of the players that he's at the best he is now, I, I actually don't think so because he looks like he's got the footy smarts. So I think his knock was his pace, um, and that he wasn't overly tall. But this kid looks smart. So Scott Pendlebury never had pace. Yeah, there's a lot of players who have never had pace, and there's a lot of to be, there's a lot of players, and there's always a knock to keep them down, right? Oh, he's too short. Oh, he's too yeah. He's got a weird running gait. He has yeah, a weird kicking. There's always an excuse, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the old tags, but very impressive first season. So that put him in the top five. Now we've got the four big boys. Uh, so number four, thirty-seven games. He's given us six tons. Uh, and two scores over 120 uh, out of his 37 games. And it's fair to say his average of 81 in his second season is quite impressive. Maybe not as high a step as we expected, but we do know about the second-year Blues. So we're expecting a big jump. Now, previously, he's been in the shadow shadow of his teammate, uh, but I think... Uh, right now you can say that he is going to be a fantasy superstar, and that's Noah Anderson. My boy! 
boy. Your boy. Yeah, no, I love him. Inside, outside. The team's on the rise. Goal kicker, marks, tackles. Everything you love. And being fit. Yep. Yep. And and a chance to be either one or two next year, seeing he's got another 12 months in this little uh, uh, segment. Uh, so we'll move on to the top three. So in third place, 61 games. It's his last year in this model. 14 tonnes and five games. Five, if you can believe it, over 120 in his first three seasons. It's a damn good pedigree. But he is also playing another in another team with way too many midfielders. But good end of the season. Average 87 this year. And that's Bailey Smith. I want to talk about Bailey Smith because we had a tweet come through. Stato. Um We've, you've got him third on this list. Where do you rank his rig? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just haven't ranked anyone's rig for a long time. It's disappointing. And probably not looking at the footballers, to be honest. <laughs> you've changed, man. You've changed. Uh, <laughs> you've that, changed. That Northern Territory heat has changed you. Yeah, look, <laughs> he's a star. Um yeah, you got to like how he goes about it. Tough team to all. Yeah. I mean, he'll be good. Tough team to always be good. But um, yeah, that's fine. There's too many, too many mouths to feed there. But he's not going to let you down. He is going to be. Um, he's going to remain a midfield only from here on in. You, you're not going to get any DPP out of him. Um, but it'd just be interesting to see where his ceiling gets to. Whether he's really relevant in a redraft to go early. I just don't think that's going to be the case. And it doesn't mean he's not a great footballer. It just means he's got to share so much of the time and he's left on the outside rather than where he could go massive on the inside. Yeah, it's kind of like um, McCluggage, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So when injury happens, he might get a spurt. But again, there's guys that are playing forward who can go in there as well now. So interesting team to see what they do going forward with all these pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, number two, uh, and we're expecting this bloke to explode next year. Average of 82 in his second season. He's played 36 games. He's given us 10 tonnes. So that's uh, a tonne every 3.6 games. And only your first two seasons of football is quite... Remarkable. Uh, showed his ceiling as well, giving us two 120 scores. He's had low time on ground. He's found it hard to get through the full midfield rotations. But as Mundy gets older, as Chera is gone and Fife spends more time up forward, this man is set for the explosion in his third season in 2022. Of course, he's so wrong, he's right. Yeah, how can you not get excited for next year? Yeah, yeah. I don't think... Big the, time. The funny thing is, I reckon the Chera storyline's going to be like, yeah, people who will say he'll go well because of that. I don't think it impacts him at all. I just think he's right. going to get better. Monday will be phased out, and that's where yep. it will come from. And I actually think uh, Monday will play forward, uh, play midfield. Yeah, okay. Um, but Monday had a shit year anyway. only got 20 Brownlow bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he's a freak. Freak. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, how old is he? Is he? Am I wrong saying thirty-five? I got no idea, but he's something like that. 
Wow. It's just remarkable. I mean, his first, he dropped away second half of the season, but his first half of the season was just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and Sarong, low time on ground, uh, not enough time in the, the pure guts, and he still averaged 82 in his second season. Yeah, big finish to the year as well. You like that? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Now, it's going to be a gun. Um, so I will say um, the gap between two and one in the data sense is so big. It's ridiculous. So to the point of the same gap going the other way, so two um, all the way takes me to 16. So the gap between Sarong and number one is the same gap between Warner and Sarong. It's just remarkable. Wow. It's massive. So last year in the system averaged 109, so the only – player averaging over 100 in here and averaged 109, so almost got to the um, the, the 110 model. He's played uh, 61 games. He's tunned up 32 times, so three times more than anyone else on the list. And he has given us 10 scores over 120. And therefore... His data suggests that he gives you a ton in his first three seasons playing AFL every 1.9 games. So every second game, you are guaranteed a ton from this boy in his first three seasons. It's no surprise who it is. Sam Walsh is an absolute fantasy gun, and he is clearly the number one. Yeah, and you'd have to say he'd be the number one pick in pretty much any startup keeper draft. Absolutely, you've you've just got a snaffling. There's a he's he's a captain choice from next year onwards. So his fourth season, yes, he'll get attention, but he did get attention this year. It hurt him once, didn't hurt hurt him the second time. Yeah, oh, oh, look, you could have captain him this year quite comfortably, obviously. Yep. So yep, yep, absolutely. What a Western absolutely. Victorian. Oh, God, <laughs> sorry. Where were you born? Whereabouts in Western Victoria were you born? Uh, I think Castadon. I'm not sure. Castadon. <laughs> Castadon via South Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, have we got any questions? Uh, we've got a lot of questions from the listeners. Um, okay. Do do you rate – so that's just pure data. You don't take positional into account at all? No, I just – I just if I definitely know they've lost it, so there's some that are just mid only. So I I don't give them the bonus because they were a forward this year. I just move them straight into mid. If I'm unsure, I just keep it to what they were because the data collects obviously a positional – um, play is worth more. So you have a midfielder averaging 90 and a forward averaging 90. The forward's got more value. Um, so I actually include that in the data set. So just so everyone's um, – the data I collect obviously is positions, um, uh, their average from the season gone, their career average, the amount of games. So this all adds up to the, to the, the secret formula. Uh, then how many tons they've given, how many 120s they've given us. Um, then the key point um, and the most important to sort out the, the formula is tons per game. 
Um, and then there's a couple of things that, that help weight them. So it adds a little bonus to them, which is the potential growth. So what their ceiling could be if they've shown it compared to their current average. Uh, they get bonuses for how younger they are. So there's an age portfolio and then you've got your positional. So there's a little bonus added on if they're a, um, a positional play for defender or ruck. Yes, yeah, so interesting. No rucks. No rucks. No rucks. And we have had some, yeah. but no rucks this year. So questions from the listener. Ninja asks, any roughies from the 2020 Victorian draftees that had COVID-interrupted years looking to burst out in 2022? Ah, that's a really good question. Um I'll I'll actually have to look through. I'll, I'll give you one. Um, so I'll just quickly look at the Collingwood list. So I think Collingwood, uh, so Reef McGuinness, sorry, I didn't get to look at the list, but he is one. Um, I think he's got uh, quite a bit of potential. And I'm just going to look at my Dynasty League um, because I've got a non-played player sitting in my rookie in Jack Carroll from Colton, which is a highly rated uh, inside-outside midfielder. Um, and I think the other one may be Nathan O'Driscoll. So he might be a bit of a winner of the, the Chera and Mundy situation too. Um, so he's a good midfielder um, on the Fremantle list who's yet to play. There you go. Uh, Coxie asks, how does... Uh, Golden's projection go was he the best of the bunch in terms of draftees for fantasy this year? Very clearly, yeah. Very clearly, yes. Uh, Russ asks, "How do you see Devon Robertson's progression in the Brisbane midfield? He hasn't really set the world alight, even with Neil and Barry having interrupted seasons." Yeah, look, he's a really interesting one. Um, so I actually rate him. Um, but I just wonder whether he's going to end up being a real role player. So rather than a freewheeling midfielder, I, th I think he's going to be one of those players that just get tasked, given to by the club. Um, they're another club that at the moment have got a lot of depth in the midfield as well. So because of all those reasons, I'm not really hot on DevRob at the moment. It was um, strange at the end of the year when he couldn't get a gig and he wasn't on the injury report and sort of yeah. didn't know what was going on there. And I don't think yeah. um, people are asking Michael Whiting and he didn't know. I think Barry took his spot. I, ooh, I'm trying to think whether this was before he was back. Anyway. Yeah. Taylor asks, does Sharp continue his work on the wing or does he wake, make his way into the midfield? Um, look, I, I think he would like to move into the midfield, but I, I will say we've talked about this before. I think there's quite a lot of good candidates coming through that club at the moment, and I think they're only bringing more. So we haven't even seen um, – so there's another one from the question before um, – Elijah Holland. So arguably the best player in last year's draft was number seven. Am I getting the right player's name? Is this another one you're going to take me to take the no, piss no. out of me for? Um, I'll just quickly have a look because I've got him on a on a list. Um, 
but he was picked number seven from last year's draft. But he had a a, a knee, um, had a ACL injury, uh, so he actually. Um, I think I need to show. Um, but yeah, Elijah Hollands uh, at the Gold Coast. So he's listed as a midfield forward. Um, and the debate is of whether he's going to be a elite midfielder that gives a little bit of time up forward or a elite forward that gives a bit of time in the midfield. So yet to work that out. But there were people talking at last year's draft. If it wasn't for the ACL, um, that he uh, got early in 2020, that he could have been challenging for the number one pick. Unbelievable. Uh, Ricky asks, how do you see Tom Green's fantasy career play out? Toby's son. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we talked about him in the uh, um, 22 under 22. Um, The sky's the ceiling for him. It's just where and when the right opportunities come. But, yeah, he's um, he's heading up the charts with a bullet. There's a countdown reference for you. It's... <laughs> it's... Holy shit. It's, um, it's, it's not at GWS. There you go. Oh, yeah, wow. Uh, yeah. Dane asks, does Sarong take the next step in 22? First rising star, then goal of the year, then pig. I'm not sure about the pig, but... Yeah, so um, he's got some pig potentials, but I think he's two or three years away from building the consistency before the traders would look at that. But he's shown a ceiling, hasn't he? In in, in he's one of those players. Remember Ollie Wines? I, I he used was, to always talk about points yeah. per minute. I was just points per minute. He's Ollie like if he did like the hundreds, like Ollie Wines was doing early in the year. I think you'd be pretty pretty satisfied with that. If you remember when I first started, whether it was just you, me, and Jono, we actually did um, give us your top 10 in our startup keeper league. And I had Lockie Neal as one, Ollie Wines, and I think Luke Parker was my number three. So since then, two of them have won our Brownlow medal. I wonder if I can get the uh, the third one across the line next year. There you go, people. Get on early bets for Lukey Parker. Luke Parker. Gorn and Gorn Fritchen ask, love to know what statesman thoughts are on Charlie Constable. Second Charlie Constable mentioned on this show. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Needs the opportunity. Um, we know he's got the scoring potential. So another one that's big on the, the points per minute has never had enough game time or role. Um, yes, he's got huge potential. Um, it would be really interesting to see what happens in the next two weeks in trade period uh, of whether... A few of these players for Geelong are finding other opportunities um, or Geelong are going to clean house and start again and just give um, players like Charlie the opportunity. There you go, son. Have a crack. You know, it's inter- like, I always think it's weird uh, at AFL clubs how they essentially let players, like, and, and maybe they should, right, and, and it's for the fabric of the club. They just let them just keep going, right? Yeah. Despite the fact yep. that there's better, maybe not better, but probably better younger players. Well, we do that with Cam, and we haven't made the hard call. We're just letting him try to work that out. <laughs> yeah. he He's not even here, and I'm still giving him a spray, poor bugger. He just showed up, and he, he just 
you know. Yeah, he hasn't left. Yeah. We're just letting him keep going. Yeah, you can keep playing, buddy. Yeah, God. Strange times. Um, Ron <laughs> asks, thoughts on Harry Schoenberg, please? Oh, I think we spoke about him sort of ad nauseum. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, sorry, I, I brought up the tweet so I could have a bit of read and I'll see why they put uh, talking about the rig. <laughs> Stato feels about Heaney's rig. I think Bailey needs a mention. Yeah, um, it's been a while since I look like that. Um, despite despite the running. Uh, actually, actually uh, uh, I could be I, – I do remember when I did look like that. It was about uh, 15 hours ago. Nice, nice. When big, I was asleep big. in my dreams. I was going to say big dirty mullet. Was that – Yeah, no, that's not my go. Uh, never have um, – never had a moustache either. Really? I have never been able to grate cheese. I had a full beard once, but, yeah. Wow. I, I can't say facial hair and me sort of suit. You know, when you look this good, mate, you don't want to cover it up. Right. I just think you'd look too much like <laughs> Right. A, I think you'd look too much like a cop because <laughs> of the hair, right? Yeah, the, the short hair, yeah. Yeah, but I've got very, I've got very thin hair, and it grows so freaking fast. So that's why I need to keep my hair short because it just looks messy and scruffy. I look like a weird scientist if I don't cut my hair every eight weeks. Right. Well, you got more than me, so that's all that counts. Um, that is all the questions we've got. Stato, thanks for gracing us with your presence. Are you around next week? I certainly am. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, I think we're talking trade stuff next week. Beautiful. Does that sort of happen next oh, week? For first, yeah, first week review, which will be the free agency and, and all the rumours, and we can actually plot on who and where the opportunities may lie. It's an interesting one. There's a few players who are um, like Lipinski, who it seems like if he goes to Collingwood, it'd be a great move, but we've seen a lot of uh, guys who score well, get out of the best 22, move to a club, and they're still... Not best twenty two. Interesting. Yeah. Should be Yeah, there's a few like that, isn't there? Always is. Always is. Mm. The more things change, All right. stay the same. Well, I hope you guys liked it. We certainly like recording it, that's for sure. All right, and on that note, we will see you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Draft Doctors Podcast. For more tips and in-depth analysis, head over to thedraftdoctors.com.au.